0: Hello, this is Daryl Kessel with today's Kessel Report. Today is Friday, the second day of October in the year 2020. That's right, it's October already. It seems impossible, but here it is. What happened to this summer? What happened to this year? The virus happened, I suppose. And the government reacted to the virus. Well, the Kessel family is doing fine anyway. Despite all the government interference in our lives, we're doing just fine. No virus in this family. We're all healthy as far as we know. Today, though, I'm talking about the debate that was held last Tuesday, if you want to call it that, the 29th of September. Debate is what that television show was called, but it didn't fit any of the rules I've come to think of as governing civilized debate. In some ways, it was like two chimpanzees screaming at each other, throwing feces at each other. I've been involved in many debates in my life. In fact, as a lawyer, almost every conversation I have is a debate. You can ask my wife about that. I'm not talking about conversation, though, but instead I'm talking about formal, organized debate. When I was a presidential candidate in 2016, I was invited to a debate to be held on the campus of the University of Colorado in Boulder. It was organized by Christina Tobin, our free and equal. I knew that with Christina involved, it would be well done. I would not be ambushed. The major parties, of course, declined to attend on the premise that to be on stage with third parties would convey some of their status to them, and they didn't want that to happen. The candidates all stood on stage under the lights in front of an audience, an auditorium full of people. The moderator of the debate was Ed Asner, the former star of the Murray Tyler Moore show. He played Mary's boss and father figure, Lou Grant. I expected him to be hostile to me because he did not share my views. But my hope was that I could win him over during the question. He was far less hostile and far more respectful to me than Chris Wallace was to Donald Trump. Wallace's performance was disgraceful, and threw any results of the debate out the window. How can you decide about who won when the supposed neutral moderator is so openly biased to one side? Ed Asner was not openly biased, except perhaps at first, but I won him over during the questions. How did I do that? By being... Better prepared on the issues than my opponents and by presenting myself as a person of calm and respectful demeanor. In other words, a person you could picture holding the office he sought. The debate between Trump and Biden left me with a bad feeling, left me a little confused. I expected these men who have spent their lives in politics and business to be a little more dignified. Oh, I didn't expect the oratory of John Kennedy or the quiet dignity of Dwight Eisenhower, but perhaps I didn't expect the Hollywood clown show that I saw either. It would be good to have a non-hysteric on the public stage, if not the candidates, at least a moderator. Let's return to 2016 for a moment. In my debate, the candidates were given questions to answer, and the order to answer alternated with each question. Each candidate was given a chance To respond to an opponent's answer for a given amount of time, a timekeeper kept time and signaled when time was up. All candidates ignored the timekeeper except me because I wanted to present someone who was respectful of the rules and of the other candidates and because I have a weird thing about being late it would probably be impossible to conduct such a fair and unbiased debate with trump and biden primarily because the moderator was so obviously biased i'm guessing that chris wallace had instructions to keep biden from getting cornered on any issues and from showing any signs of mental decline if those were his instructions he fulfilled them quite well trump interrupted and talked over Biden a lot, I suppose, because Wallace would not let him respond otherwise. Both men seemed like roosters just before the big fight, strutting around, determined not to appear intimidated. I would like to have heard how Biden would answer certain questions, but Wallace was too protective of him to let him answer his son Hunter's charges of criminality while Joe was vice president. He was in office. Those were legitimate questions, which he should have been forced to answer, but Wallace let him off the hook. A question of concern to every American is Antifa and where the federal government stands regarding its actions. Chris Wallace allowed Biden to get away with saying it's just an idea. It's not an organization. The idea, though, is burning and looting cities and turning them into ghost towns. He should have been held accountable for that, down with the cause. Answer. Wallace interrupted Trump 76 times and Biden only 15. Yes, folks, there are people who actually count those things. He interrupted Trump whenever he tried to talk over Biden, but he did not interrupt Biden when he talked over Trump. It occurs to me that I have spent this entire report so far talking about Chris Wallace, which is the exact opposite of the way it should be. He's not the star. That should be left to the candidates the debate did convince me of one thing, and that is what would happen to America if Joe Biden were elected. It would mean the end of the American experiment in representative self-government and the end of the relentless, to date at least, rise of the individual as opposed to the power of the collective. If you prefer the hive mentality of propaganda, if you prefer its influence on decision-making over The individual and his free rights, then Biden, is by all means your man. It would also mean the end of the Republican Party as an opponent, the end of all other parties as legitimate contenders for power and influence in opposition to the new Democrats. Now, let me see if I have any defense of those statements when questioned. He refused to state that he would not move to, quote, pack the court and would not Support any such movement. What that means is that the Supreme Court would be permanently turned into just another arm of the left wing Democratic Party. For example, if Judge Amy Barrett were to be confirmed, it would give conservatives five members and liberals four members of the court. That should hold for a few years because all the conservatives are young, fairly young at least by Supreme Court standards pack the court. That notion would allow Biden to appoint two more liberal judges, giving the liberals a 65 majority. He could continue to add as many as it took to ensure permanent rubber stamp reactions to any questions that came before the court. The scheme is one link in the chain of efforts to build a permanent Democrat majority. Efforts to aid it by Republicans, Libertarians, Greens, Our Constitution Party members are self-destructive and suicidal. The end of the filibuster with its addition of Puerto Rico and Washington, D.C., as two more heavily Democrat states would complete the Democrat forever picture. Mr. Biden also said he would impose a nationwide lockdown if his scientists told him to. He seems to have no appreciation for the destruction the lockdown's caused to business and individual lives, not to mention families. I suppose the message from Democrats is that big government is all the family you need. Biden refused to discount the ideas of the Green New Deal. I said many times he accepts them. It is obvious he has made a deal with the left wing of his left wing party to support those who advocate the Green New Deal. That entire concept is perhaps the stupidest idea ever to come before the United States Congress, and yet here we have a presidential candidate, perhaps a front runner, who apparently accepts it. It is the stupidest idea which presented to the American people in the dumbest speech ever given in the history of the U.S. Congress. Not a single facet of the Green New Deal makes any logical sense at all from the foundation of modern monetary theory or money that doesn't exist to the destruction of the American economy. It's pure socialist utopia nonsense. Much of it is cast in terms of alternative energy, which, as I am about to explain, is not always a bad thing. But to replace every single building in America that could not be refitted is more than a bit absurd. Alternative energy or clean energy is something whose time has probably come, but for reasons unknown to the socialist proponents. Uh, The Green New Deal, the power grid in America, is some 100 years old and very vulnerable. There are about 50,000 substations across the country. Each of them is subject to sabotage or accidental disruption right now. The grid works like a well-oiled machine most of the time. It is like a classic car that's been well-maintained but doesn't have some of the comfort and convenience of the newer, more modern models. If you've ever spent time in a third world country, you know how sporadic the grid can be and you appreciate the American grid. I have seen estimates by people who are supposed to know these things that a complete takedown of the American grid might take a year to fix and could potentially kill 90% of the population. The event... Would be so catastrophic that some precautions are in order, moving to systems of power not dependent on the grid, such as solar and others that make sense, as well as establishing alternative sources of energy for critical infrastructure, such as water and food supplies. At the same time, we face this problem, the governor of California. Just issued an executive order that all cars in the state must be electric by the year 2035. That will obviously put a great deal of stress on the state grid, already suffering periodic blackouts. But there's no reasoning with committed socialists like Gavin Newsom. The election of Joe Biden would end the American experiment by turning America into another socialist failed state. Just take a look at the Democrat platform if you don't believe me, folks. The places where socialism has been imposed have all failed because it's an illogical failed system. Dialectical materialism is the theory under which socialism seeks to operate. It has been shown to be a failure, but is now back for another try. The ideas of Marx and Stalin are sought for America and the ideas of Jefferson and Madison are rejected. I wish I had time to go on to this entire report about the evils of socialism and of dialectical materialism, and now they're often disguised but always there if you look for them. But I have one more issue to cover in my explanation of why Joe Biden would be a disaster and a calamity for America. Mr. Biden refuses to reject the application Of critical race theory. That is the theory that just being white makes you bad. Just being white gives you a racist advantage. Just being white gives you a privilege unavailable to non-whites. The theory which is being taught to school kids at every level in America is one of self-hatred, self-destruction. Is there any wonder suicide among our youth is soaring. Finally, folks. I'm out of time now, but let me close by saying that Joe Biden accepts the things, the ideas, the theories that I have just mentioned. In truth, he may not even know what they mean, but I'm convinced they would be enacted were he to be elected. He may not believe anything at this point, for all I know, except power and its trappings, but those around him do. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.